let's talk science. From the University of Groningen, this is MindWise podcast, hosted and brought to you by psychology students. Hello once again to the MindWise podcast. I'm Javor and I'm sitting here with Boris and Kasper Albers. Today we're going to be talking about the university politics because both Boris and Kasper are in uh, the university council. council. And, well, introduce yourselves. Okay. Um, I'm Kasper Albus. I'm a associate professor in psychometrics in the Heimans Institute. And since September of this year, I'm part of the university council. I've been in the faculty council for four years before that. And uh, my name is Boris Kuchukov. Uh, this year I'm a member of the University Council on behalf of uh, the faction Lice Kalimero. And um, it's been a great year so far. We have a lot a lot of things to talk about, I think. Um, further, I'm a third year psychology student here at the Faculty of Behavior and Social Sciences. And uh, this year, the only representative of our faculty there. Okay, so let's start off by uh, maybe explaining to the listeners what's the University Council? Uh, yes, the University Council, it's um, difficult to translate because there's not really a formal translation of the word medisegenschap in Dutch, but it's um, a council consisting of 12 student members and 12 staff members. Uh, they get elected by all the students and staff members of the university to kind of speak on their behalf with the university board. And it's it's not only discussions, but also we have the power to stop certain regulations if we want to, or initiate topics, etc. And the regulations come from where? Well, the regulations could be originating from many different places. Most often they come from the board of directors of the university, so the so-called Collegium van Bestuur. Um, those are the three people. The, they're, well, one of them is the rector, uh, Rector Magnificus, Sterken. Sipen Poppema is a very famous public figure here in Groningen. Uh, is the chair, the, the president of the university, and uh, then you have uh, Jan Dier, who is the financial expert. Yeah. And they kind of make the policy, of course, in cooperation with talking to the deans, etc. But um, basically, all the policies that are on a university-wide level, they uh, they will be discussed in the in the university council. And if it's a policy which is specific for one special faculty, it will be discussed in the faculty council. Right. Mm -hmm. But it's also quite likely that we get an overview of you know, the topics that are being discussed exactly, at yeah. faculty councils. And this is important because we are, I think, uh, the students put quite a lot of effort um, to be in contact with every student association uh, in, in the university, but also Gezelligheidvereniging, um, the, the things like Vindicat and Robertus Magnus and Descartes, the, the big student associations, uh, just the same as the study, the study associations such as the VIP and the ODM and the Societas here in our faculty. So we try to keep in touch with everyone and also faculty councils. And this way there is a good communication between the university, like the more central level, and the faculty councils and, you know, the faculties themselves and the students. Mm -hmm. So in the sense it's important for us to know what's happening there so we can talk and think about ways of improving these things that are not going too well. So the decision-making process is pretty spread throughout all these different councils and groups. Yeah. 
yeah, it can be quite difficult to to have one decision that affects all the faculties, for example, because what the, the what the university council can do uh, and the board of directors they can uh, kind of stream down a decision that they've made, mm-hmm. but this is often um, sort of a form decision. So it's a it's a template that faculties are free to follow or not, and this is what what makes it so interesting because there are different norms within each faculty. So, for example, at our own faculty we have somewhat different standards than uh, in the faculty of uh, you know religious uh, studies or um, economics you know things mm-hmm. work differently and there are different groups so you can't make a one-size-fits-all decision most of the time so faculties are free to implement their own changes and yeah. uh, adjust it the way they find uh, suitable and these kind of general suggestions by the council where do they come from as ideas from the universities uh, kind of idea about how it should go on or yeah those again can come from many different places so we have uh, the so-called bureau of the university and uh, this is sort of the hub where all the policy makers of the university uh, sit down and this is basically their full-time job to come with ways of uh, improving the, the way the university works yeah. mm. and uh, quite, quite often it's also um, kind of dictated by uh, policy makers in the hague when they change the legislation we have to change the system here accordingly and um, it's basically the people at the bureau uh, when they feel okay this system is not working properly they tr- try to find a solution and mm-hmm. sometimes they also try to find solutions to things that are working fine according to us but not to them so okay. then you can get interesting debates exactly and the university council both on the uh, well staff side and the student side both have a quite a big input in you know the the way those decisions are modulated because what sometimes can happen, for example, the people in the bureau, uh, most of them are not students for quite a while now, mm-hmm. so they might not be getting the student point of view very accurately, and might be thinking in sort of different, different wavelengths than uh, what's important to the students. So this is why it's important for someone to to say, well, you know, maybe reconsider that decision or implement this and that point to it, so that it becomes also nice for for the student environment. Mm-hmm. Exactly, and at the same time, also the people in the bureau, they are. Uh, Policymakers, so they are not scientists themselves. So they sometimes also overlook um, the opinion from the point of view from the scientists. Uh, it can be sometimes a subtle de- detail, and then you can just mention it, and it will be implemented or something more severe. And how much has science to do with how the university is being um, I developed? I think it's uh, important to have kind of evidence-based policies. So um, especially at the educational field um, director quite often wants to put in changes because uh, they sound fancy uh, or people say they work like a flipped classroom or an international classroom which is basically saying if you put students from different uh, nationalities in the same room then the teaching program will automatically become better because they are international Mm -hmm. which it it might be the case but it doesn't have to be the case so uh, at places like that, we really strive for them to make some kind of um, a study of it, do, do a pilot in one or two degrees and check whether indeed the uh, pass rates or quality of this uh, program goes up or not. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I guess a, a lot of the changes that are getting proposed might be somehow political fads, let's say, or like absolutely things that are considered to be good nowadays. But right. yeah, of course. Uh, there are a lot of things that we still don't know about and there are a lot of variables that we don't have any way to investigate unless we actually go on and try something. So exactly. you mentioned the example of international classroom. 
this is one typical example that we just have to try out in our university to know whether it fits our standards and our requirements. Um, international classroom usually requires small small groups of people that work together, but uh, with an education such as uh, our psychology uh, course, for example, this, this can be very difficult if you have 350, 400 people in one class. It's very hard to implement those subtle um, modern techniques to such a large group. But that doesn't mean it's impossible or it doesn't mean that it, we shouldn't be doing it. We just have to try out and, and see. Exactly. And, and, and also um, things like flipped classroom, there has been more research on that topic to kind of suggest that indeed there's a benefit to it. But also stuff like that, there's not one way to introduce a flipped classroom. There's a variety of ways. And also there it's important to first have a few teachers do uh, uh, some kind of pilot study in, in, in their course and share their experiences and then that way you can find out okay what did work what did not work and based on that go to the next level exactly. mm -hmm. and quite often the board is a bit um, we have to slow them down a bit they say oh we want to introduce this so why don't we start next year in all the degrees for everyone and that's probably not a good idea because you first want to know what how should we incorporate it and then just do a pilot study exactly. find out how and Exactly. It, it often does feel like we are sort of the brakes of this machine that is yeah. the university. Like we just have to slow things down and think about them really hard yeah. in the university council, but also with our contact persons. And, you know, think about, you know, also their, their point of view, because what some, some, what the university might think is a great idea. You know, when you speak to the students, they say, oh, wow, this is never going to work. Mm -hmm. This is, you know, this is just not how we, how we do things around here. And if you have this resistance from the beginning, then it might be very hard to implement a decision, no matter how good it is. Yeah. Do you have a lot of pressure when you're slowing down certain decisions? Well, it, it, it depends a bit on the topic. Uh, you can clearly tell some topics are kind of their babies and they really want to protect them and put them forward. Mm -hmm. And other topics, they kind of feel, well, if we give you something here, then you might complain a bit less over there. Mm -hmm. So, um, it, it's really topic dependent and um, but I do feel at least for the majority of the topics if we bring in good arguments that they are willing to listen to them because in, in the end we all of course want the same thing which is a, a better university right and this is what sometimes can be a difference between actually the definition of a better university for whom is it a better university so if you look at from the professor side of view they they often bring the argument well we want to focus more on research more on education and less on administrative uh, administrative work. So this is their viewpoint. For students, uh, you know, it might mean like something completely different, such as we want to have the freedom to study whenever we want. Um, we want to do a board year without having to pay tuition fees. Mm -hmm. um, we want to be more active in the in the student environment and getting subsidies for this. Um, so all of those things are in a sense better for the university. But you know, if you look at the board's uh, board's decisions, they might be more financially oriented. Yeah. or more uh, ranking oriented because there is always this drive uh, to to climb up the the rankings yeah get better and better and attract more students so all these different things they are kind of like pulling each in their own direction and it can be uh, sometimes a challenge to negotiate a, a point that everyone's happy with and mentioning the ranks and uh, those very commercialized parts of education nowadays is there any sort of tension between the idea of uh, having the university as a commercial entity more than uh, the university as a place where everyone can get 
the same kind of education as the other one or yeah i think that's a one of the main points where there's clear friction between on the one side the board and on the other side i think nearly all the parties in the university council of course we all have there are five different parties and they have slightly different views and also the people within the party don't mm. always agree on everything but on this point indeed um, so my personal opinion is that rank university rankings are really completely useless they, they don't measure what they should measure and once universities know how they are built they will produce their results based on how it will be measured and not focus on other things that are also important mm -hmm. but not part of the ranking so they might even do more bad things than good things exactly. but on the other hand it is indeed true that especially international students um, they say I want to go to Europe for a year or for a bachelor and they look at the ranking and they say well maybe the, the top 50 is is not for me because my grades are decent but not that good mm -hmm. and I don't want to go to anything below 200 so I just pick a university within that range and then they look at which country is affordable etc and then they come to us mm -hmm. So in that sense, it is somewhat important to score well in rankings, but you shouldn't take them seriously at all. Well, I can kind of double that with a few side comments, right? So taking <coughs> rankings seriously depends, of course, who takes them seriously. And for for some international students or even national students, they do take them quite seriously because often you, you're not so invested with time and money and effort to do your research and actually visit every university. So you use this sort of proxy, which is which is the ranking. and that is to an extent indicative of you know what you can expect at a university but i i agree with casper that often the way the rankings are composed are are very biased to maybe political or other sort of decisions that are beyond education which is what the focus in a university should be on and if you look if you look at the times higher education ranking for example this is composed um with regard to international students in internationalization of the university this is composed of uh, various factors. You can look at them very, they're very uh, distinctive on the on their website. And thirty three percent of the factor is uh, formed by reputation. Mm -hmm. So what means reputation? How do you define it? It's it's a very you know abstract concept, and still it it composes one third of the whole ranking. And things as international staff and international students, the amount of these uh, people within the university comprise together five percent. So speaking about internationalization, right, there, are, there are so many biases mm -hmm. that uh, anyone who, who consumes this ranking should be very careful. Yeah. There's some use to it, but they kind of give an illusion of being able to measure very precisely because they say, oh, you're on place 27 or 58 and your score is 23.456. So we know it in three digits, but it's just random noise most of, uh, mostly. Mm -hmm. right. but also to get back to your original question it does influence some decisions right yes. because um, rankings you know reputation that you know how reputation is formulated as a board of director and as, as a member of the board of directors so you can manipulate things within your own university to, to just achieve this high ranking and those are sometimes things that are completely unrelated to the quality that we offer here and yes they they do have interest in that so we also have to be careful with those kinds of decisions Something that is uh, being on my agenda personally for a very long time now, almost since the beginning of the year. And this is the so-called uh, online open days. And the idea of the online open days is that, well, you have an open day here in the university, I, I believe three times a year, where people are, everyone is welcome to, to come and see. You know, It's an educational fair with uh, 
all the studies offering kind of like a small glimpse of what you can expect but also all the student organizations are there and everyone is trying to be friendly to to the prospective students and show them you know running is a great place but what the problem with this is is well first organized three times a year and second it's organized here in Groningen which is not the place where most uh, most students live worldwide so we don't have currently we don't have any way of reaching beyond the borders of the Netherlands or even sometimes beyond the borders of Groningen do we not have representatives that go to of course of course we do have representatives but their power is very limited they can only be at an educational fair in a country for a couple of days maybe mm -hmm. a week and you know that's it and the students that you get there are the most interested students that actually invest their time and, and effort to go to such an educational fair. So this is, a, again, a biased sample, and it's not reaching everyone that you would like to be reaching ideally as a university. So um, our idea was to um, create an online environment where the university is shown its all its beauty uh, mm -hmm. together with the city that could be seen from any point of the world at any time by everyone. You, you would ideally make some sort of 3D image of every building in the university, uh, have a few students talk about their studies, maybe record a, a few lectures, make make nice script for them, provide those online so the students can really accumulate and get a feel of what the university feels like. Mm -hmm. um, and But also not just the university, um, also student student associations, life, life within an association, that could be a great thing for international students because right now you have such little integration between these students and uh, the local ones that it's, it's just a pity, it's a waste of potential. So mm -hmm. if students are better informed about such things before they come here, you know, we, we think they're more likely to engage in the student life in a better and more beneficial way for them. Uh, things like sports associations, uh, the ACLO, also the library, every, every facility that we're offering and we're proud of, we want to showcase this to the rest of the world and see, well, we have something that you wouldn't have expected to see um, from just looking at our website right now. Yeah, an uh, example from our faction might be um, not something which we really initiated but in which we kind of helped steer things in the right direction at, which has to do with the university campus in Friesland uh, in Leeuwarden which uh, had just started so um, the university board really wanted to do that uh, because it kind of puts us on the map and there was a lot of political pressure both from the municipality of Leeuwarden as the uh, province um, to get things going in a very very high speed and um, we and also the other factions had a, still a lot of concerns um, so the amount of concerns we had was much less than for instance with the uh, plan to go to China and start a branch campus there but we kind of took a um, proactive attitude so we didn't say okay we have some problems so we are going to say no but we said well we want to support this but we do want to see a couple of changes in the plans and fortunately also other factions had a similar attitude, which gave the attitude to the majority in the council. And uh, so they um, have planned a number of feedback moments in which we can still say yes or no to parts of the plan. And uh, so we started now in Friesland with the degrees that were already there mm -hmm. under a new unified name, which is at least for marketing purposes, a good idea. And uh, we are just going to grow at each moment where we think, okay, this is a good moment to grow. So, Most people know about that, but the university is planning to uh, to go to China, to the province of Yantai, and uh, build a campus there. And this is already a, a large move that requires so much thinking on, on behalf of the board, but also on the council's behalf. There are so many unknowns, and this is kind of the dark side of, 
of everything that happens because no one really knows what to expect in China. And whatever we get are just bit, bits and pieces of information that we, we kind of are expected to, to combine into a big picture. Mm-hmm. And this can be very difficult. And of course, the same as with Leovard, we try to, to prevent the university from taking steps that are in the wrong direction or steps that it shouldn't be taking at all. But in Leovarden, it's it's relatively easy to do that because it's so close to here and you can actually go with the car or with the train an hour and a half and you're there and you can actually see how things are developing. Whereas with China, there are very select few people who, who go there and actually have a, a, an idea of what is happening there. Exactly. The, 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 the number of risks with China is much larger. So indeed, exactly. if you send people to teach over there, they cannot teach over here. Whereas if you would send me to teach in Leeuwarden tomorrow, I can still do some teaching over here today or on Thursday. And we had all kinds of other issues with China, like uh, academic freedom. China is, of course, a peculiar type of democracy. And, well, that's not a problem in Leeuwarden. We had a problem with uh, how are we going to fund this. It would be strange if money from the Dutch taxpayer would go to China. Mm. But it's perfectly natural if it goes to Friesland, because it is in Holland. Mm. So the Leeuwarden problem was much more comprehensible than the Yantai problem. So that's, let's call it uh, challenging. So this is kind of a... An example of these top-down decisions that kind of maybe are made because of uh, financial reason or a reason f- for the university to become more famous. Yeah, there, there, there's a wide range of reasons that the board kind of put on the table to say we want to go to China. And I don't support all of them, but I can see some merits in, in a few of them. One of the problems with the move to Yantai is also that things were going m- much too fast. Uh, at least too fast for the council to be able to keep up with things and and read in and of course we are no experts in I don't know the Chinese legal system for instance but you do need to know a bit about it in order to judge this so um, it was good that we finally are getting some feedback and additional voices from people in similar situations but um, yeah I don't know if I would call it a top-down decision it's in a sense predetermined by a lot of factors for example well, the Chinese government has a large interest in this. Um, if you look at the kind of universities that have been going there over the last couple of years, uh, the named examples, the, the University of Liverpool and uh, the University of Ghent, they're both uh, one top 100 universities. So the, the China government is really interested in having these Western European high-quality education systems set up an example uh, in China because the way, well, traditionally things have worked in China for the last decades is you follow... You're, you're raised to be a follower. You are raised to be not an independent thinker, rather uh, to recite and absorb knowledge in the purest possible form. The China government realized this is not how we're going to become um, a world competing power. So we do need critical thinkers and independent thinkers. And this is why they need Western universities with experience to go there and show, yeah, well, make a model of it, start up a trend. And on the other hand, it's also beneficial for Groningen because uh, the students that are going to study in China, they're also more than welcome to, to come for a semester abroad in the in, in our city, in Groningen. So this is a, a welcome influx of international students, especially given the fact that we are, the Dutch population of students is kind of declining and will be declining over the next couple of years. It's nice to have some uh, some fresh international input to, to the city. Exactly. And Yantai also for the staff does offer a few interesting scientific opportunities uh, so the buildings there will have uh, really state-of-the-art uh, chemical labs which is well this faculty uh, is not 
really being helped with that, but the chemi chemistry department is. And more the kind of the uh, natural sciences will have very good labs over there with facilities that they cannot really afford over here. So that the Chinese are willing to kind of invest in lending our reputation. So what we try to make sure is that um, building some potential breaks that if things are falling apart are going in a direction we weren't anticipating that we are able to say, okay, we tried, it, it's not working, we're going to stop with it and that they are not waving with some contract saying, yeah, well, that's fine, but you have to stay here for another 50 years. Mm -hmm. I think one of the most important such breaks was uh, the separated accreditation. Yeah. So the university that will be built in China, in Yantai, will have a different accreditation from the Groningen University. So in a sense, if this project goes, you know, if it doesn't go the way we expected, it wouldn't on paper affect our, our rankings. I would I would like to ask you afterwards about well the the or maybe just now depending on whether you want to say something in particular but just what the future is going to be for your party for mm -hmm. your role there and then and, and the decisions that you will make and sort of how yeah it might also be interesting if you can mention just a few technicalities about the upcoming student elections like when right. students can vote in which week that's uh, that's indeed one of the biggest things that uh, that are happening right now we are preparing for the for the election so right now we are still conducting interviews with our potential candidates for next year and uh, we are very curious what kind of uh, final list will there be assembled because how this works is um, to become a member of the of the university council as a student or as a professor um, you need to be elected by your colleagues or your fellow students to be elected, you need to be representative of them. So we are trying to find people who are representative, motivated enough to spend maybe 40, 50 hours a week um, doing this kind of job. And, you know, this is a challenge in itself. But, mm -hmm. you know, once you succeed, it's also very rewarding to see it. So uh, there will be the list of candidates will be announced, uh, well, in about a month from now, I believe. And uh, between the 18th and the 25th of May, there will be the elections uh, as for students and, and also for uh, for the personnel faction, there will be the there will be the university council elections where every student and every personnel member can uh, vote for these candidates. Yeah. Actually, for the personnel, there there is no election because personnel is uh, appointed for a two-year period. Mm -hmm. So we just are halfway our first year. So okay. I can go for another one and a half year before the next election. And students are indeed uh, appointed for for a one-year period. So they have elections every year. You know, why should people vote? I think this is a question that we get way too often. It's, it's a very important question because, well, all these things that we spoke about today, these are things that you want to have capable people to do them. And you want to have people who are engaged as much as possible, both in the student society as well as in the university life. And it, it's very important to, to vote for the person you think is, you know, most representative of your views and the way you think this should be navigated. Yeah. yeah, and I think one other thing you quite often hear is that uh, voting doesn't really help because council is quite powerless and uh, stuff like that. And one vote for all these thousands of students it doesn't make a difference. Mm -hmm. And of course, one vote doesn't, but all of them are being added up. And it's not the case that the council is powerless, uh, especially with the recent changes in the law. The council has actually gained quite a bit of power. And now the law says, uh, well, you cannot proceed until the council gives you the, the green light. Mm -hmm. And especially for the student factions, there's also really quite a difference between the three factions. And I don't know if there are other factions that want to 
try to get in. But Not that we know of so no. far. So I think there will be three factions, but there's quite a, a big difference between the three of them. So it's uh, also um, your vote can really make the difference between okay. which faction will be the largest or gets an additional seat. Um, what are the future implementations that students can see in the faculty, in the university? What What is coming up in this year? Um, well, uh, there, there are a few things coming up, so we are still negotiating with the board. So l last December, in December, we always get the budget for the upcoming year. And that's one of the points where the law changed, uh, that we now have um, right of consent with kind of the main things in the budget, so we cannot discuss every penny. But um, everything which is costing more than half a min million euros, uh, we can stop if we want to and if we have the majority within the council and we are kind of still discussing with the board how are we going to play this game next year do we stick to the same rules or change them slightly so that's one of the things coming up for the staff um, coming up is a potential reorganization of the foods and drinks department so all the canteens uh, within the university or almost all of them are currently owned by the university with university personnel working there and the university council is thinking about kind of outsourcing it to some external company. Kind of like the Starbucks in the library. Something like that. Mm -hmm. And then, um, of course, that has a direct consequence for the 30 plus people working in the canteen because they might lose their job or their job security. Mm -hmm. So that's one of the issues we as st staff factions uh, are quite concerned about. But it can also, of course, uh, influence the the quality of the food in the canteen or the opening hours or the prices of the food or whether the food is uh, healthy or sustainable etc so that's something which is not only relevant for staff but also for students um i already mentioned the online open days which would hopefully unleash a whole amount of international students coming in and diversifying our university life which i, I personally am really looking forward to to seeing and experiencing but um there are other projects that we're working in for uh, on for example we're working together with the Erasmus Student Network, the ESN, on uh, c making the their buddy program more accessible to incoming students, um, so that a student coming from abroad would be linked to a Dutch student or international student who has been living here for a while, and they strive to combine students that are from the same faculty. So, for example, you, um, as a third, fourth year psychology student, could be a buddy for someone who's just coming in from you know your your own country. And uh, I actually subscribe to do that um, mm -hmm. for next year. That's I think is an example that I, I wish everyone would follow because it's it's really nice that you can offer this sort of insider view to a student that is pretty much helpless in the first couple of weeks when they come here and uh, make friends, which is and make friends, you know, of exactly. course, and make friends and help them make friends, which is perhaps even more important. Um, there are a couple of other topics that we've discussed uh, since the beginning of the year. One of the big ones is uh, bilingualism, mm -hmm. so. Um, I think it's quite important for everyone who wants to participate in such bodies, be it the university council or faculty council, which is pretty much the same, just on a more regional level within the faculty. Um, it's important that everyone who wants to participate in it can do that in, in the language they're most comfortable in. And right now this is still a bit difficult to do, especially for people who don't speak Dutch. Yeah. There are other things such as um, funding for student organizations that we're working on. So there is sort of a ceiling on how much student organizations can exist and the amount of money that they can get. So we're trying to figure out a way of stretching this number and becoming it, letting it become more 
open and leaving some room for future student organizations that are going to come up and not just retaining the ones we have right now, seeing that we are also expecting an influx of a lot of uh, international students. You know, it might be very handy for them to have also an association with a board that receives some financial compensation. Mm. We're working on so many other projects like... Yeah, one, one other topic, for instance, which we discussed last month uh, has to do with uh, selection for master programs. Uh, up to now, the, the law said that if someone had an appropriate bachelor degree, you should allow them in for the ma master's degree. But now the uh, law changed and we can perform some kind of selection if we want to, like say your average grade has to be at least a seven mm -hmm. or whatever. And this is still at very much at the start of this process. So the board does, hasn't made any decisions yet. Mm -hmm but just had an open discussion with us whether we would want types of selection like that at all and if so, um, if it's quantitative selection like a, a grade point average, should it be for the whole bachelor or only the last year or maybe the, the grade on the bachelor's visas or specific courses and um, whether you want such a selection procedure for all your master programs or only for specific master programs like we already have selection for research master programs and uh, so right. there are a lot of topics that um, are influential to both staff as, as students uh, that will be discussed in the coming months so it's right yeah good well thank you <laughs> thank you very much for joining the podcast well, thank and you for having us here it was it was a pleasure and i hope the listeners also enjoyed this and if they have any questions they could feel free to reach us and ask those Excellent. questions. Yeah, it might be useful um, to, to tell that the website of University Council is uh, rug.nl slash urad. Mm -hmm. And we're also on Facebook, uh, facebook.com slash urad. So if right. they want to contact us or not just the two of us, but anyone within the council, they can uh, right. try one of those uh, right. channels. Also should free, feel free to follow not just the uh, Lice Calimero, but also the, the rest of the student factions on Facebook. There bunch of interesting things coming up every every day and every week we have uh, interesting content so you can follow us on uh, Lais Calimero on Facebook or Studente Organisatie Groningen or Lais Dirk yeah. cool thank you You're welcome this podcast was a production of Mindwise for the Department of Psychology at the University of Groningen